Okay. So, um, as I said, last week um, we began a two-week vision series called Joining with the Father. And um, we looked at basically what is the Father doing? What do we see the Father doing in this community and, and beyond this community as we serve our region? And how can we join in with what he is doing? Um, I, I used a phrase that I felt the Lord has put on my heart and, and, and it really is for this church as well. And that is, are we listening to God with our running shoes on? You know, are we hearing what he's saying, seeing what he's doing and ready to run after him? And so we unpacked what that looked like. And as we have been listening to the Lord over the last two years, you know, we have seen him consistently working in four areas. These are not exclusive areas, but four things that we feel we want, he wants us to focus on. And that is compassion, children, creativity, and community. So I love it when they all start with the same letter, so we're calling it the four C's. And um, today we want to look at what next for those four things. How do we join in with the Father? But before we launch into kind of the details of it, um, I want us to have a think around why. Why do we do what we do? Just really briefly, I want us to take a step back. And Revelation 21 verse 5 says this. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. See, Jesus came to earth with a mission to usher in the kingdom, the rule and reign of heaven here on earth. He came to make everything new, to bring about the renewal of all things. You know, what do we mean by the rule and reign of the kingdom? What do we mean by that? What does that look like? Well, this is where we see the values, the priorities, and the plans of God breaking into the lives of individuals, families, and communities. That's what the rule and reign of God looks like. Now, this is what Jesus began during his life and that he kind of brought about by his crucifixion and now through his resurrection and his church is bringing about day after day across the world today. You know, it looks like the values, the priorities, and the plans of God breaking into the lives individuals, lives of individuals, families, and communities. You know, and so if we step right back and we say, what are we about as a church? That's what we're about. We are about practicing the ways of Jesus together for the renewal of our region, for the renewal of our city. That's what we're about. And so it's in the context of that that we talk about these specific things. Uh, a little story um, from a couple of weeks ago. So we've been running a couple of toddler groups, both one here and one at Marley Hill. And a lady came into one of our toddler groups, basically expecting a baby, kind of nearly the end of kind of her pregnancy, and the baby was in the wrong position. So um, the, she was like, probably going to have to have a, a kind of a section, you know, we need this baby to turn, but the midwife has said it's unlikely now at this stage. So the team prayed for her, and she came back the following week, and the baby had turned, was in perfect position. And she just said, prayer works. Prayer works. And that's what we want to see. We want to see the God invade people's lives and bring blessing and change and transformation. And that they might see God at work. 
So yes, we're going to focus on the four C's today. We are going to do that. And, and it's exciting to look at what plans God has for us. But they're far from exhaustive. They're far from everything that God is doing. And you know, there's loads of other things where God is at work in the life of this church and through this church that we won't touch on in this talk and over the last couple of weeks. That's not to say they're not important, and it's not to say that God isn't working, but we just feel he's called us to focus on these four things this morning. So let's begin with one of the four C's, and we're going to start with community. Community. A few years ago, I wrote an article, a paper, for um, for a group of leaders in the church where um, we were um, thinking around the wider movement and around how do we build community beyond the local church, um, translocally in the vineyard. So I put a load of thoughts down on paper and we shared that. And um, I found this article in the mail online. And um, it's by, I can't remember who it was written by, but it quoted a guy called Junger, I think his name is, or Junger, I can't remember quite how you pronounce it. So this is a couple of quotes from him. It says this, Junger, an American journalist and former war correspondent, gives many examples of what our modern way of living has cost us. In a modern city or suburb, you can go through an entire day meeting only strangers. As affluence and urbanization rise, rates of suicide and depression go up. According to the World Health Organization, people in wealthy countries suffer eight times the depression rate of those in poorer ones. That's a crazy start, isn't it? Anyway, um, but when we revert to the tribe, things improve. So the whole premise of this guy's book is the need for modern society to discover once again the tribe culture. And one example of this he uses is American Indians. So this is what he says. But mostly in the structure of Indian society, sorry, structure of Indian society that appealed, it was less hierarchical, essentially classless, egalitarian, i.e. all humans are equal on fundamental worth and social status. As the people were nomadic, personal property hardly mattered since it was limited to what you or your horses could carry. What changed this natural way of living for humans was Firstly, agriculture, then industry. Accumulation of personal property led to people doing what they thought was best for themselves rather than for the common good. But suggest younger, we're, we're not happy like this. We're wired to the lifestyle of the tribe. This sounds familiar to me. Sounds familiar. Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's interesting, isn't it? It's like this new revelation that people write books about that's ancient truth that God gave us thousands of years ago. Human beings are designed to be in a tribe, to be in community, to belong. 
Mark Easton, um, back in 2009, so a few years ago now, wrote a, quite an interesting article. Um, he was a BBC correspondent on belonging. And he, met, yeah, he posed this question. Why are levels of trust and belonging among British under 50s the lowest in Europe? And I think that's still the case today. The thing is, human beings are created for community, for friendship, to belong, to be known and to know others. Human beings are designed to be part of a church family. The title of the article that I wrote um, was something along the lines of the glue, the glue. I called it this because in life, friendship and community, in the context of a local church family, is the glue we need to hold life together and to help us thrive. Now, when we think of the four C's, community is the theme that runs through all of them. Now, whether it's with our young people, who I really do believe more than ever need that consistency of friendship and community within a church setting, or whether it's creatives gathering together and writing songs and dreaming up pictures and artists and all of that, or whether it's compassion ministries where people need support and, and community and belonging and most of all acceptance, community is the glue that runs through it all. It is the glue we need here at Life in Yard Church, a family with a purpose, but most of all a family. One church in two places, and hopefully more to come, but a community together journeying with Jesus. Now, after the pandemic, and you know, we're not through it yet, but it looks like we're coming to a new season of living with it, we need more glue than ever. And Nicola and I and the pastoral team um, are going to create some space for more of this glue to be poured in, to be added in to our church family, that we might be strengthened and once again feel more connected after what has been a very dislocated season of our lives. And so for the next, well, starting from April, for five months, we're going to take the last Sunday of the month and we're going to call it Community Sunday. And so you might, what is a Community Sunday? What are we going to do? Well, we're simply going to not run our morning services like this. And instead, we're going to meet all across the place, all over the place. You know, we might eat food together. We might go for walks. We might just hang out and have fun. We might do something completely different. You know, the purpose of it is for us to gather together in a space that hopefully we set aside for fellowship anyway, in a way that really helps us to pour in the glue and to build community. You know, I know for us, you know, over the last two years, we've always said, oh, I wish we could have this person over, I wish we could have that person over, I wish we could just gather together. And sometimes we've not been allowed to do it, and other times we've just been so busy, we haven't got space to do it. And we want to create space, and the only way we can do that is maybe taking a little bit of a radical step and saying, why don't we use a Sunday morning for that? Because worship is equally being community as it is standing here together, singing songs together. Revive is going to be on that um, Sunday. So if you want to worship, then the evening service will be happening every week. So that's available for you to do. But this, for this to work, it's, we, we will kind of put some things together as a team 
for people to join in with. But really, we want it to be organic. We want it to be family, being family. And so um, we're going to pass around a few clipboards. And uh, yeah, we do like a nice clipboard. And what I would love you to do for the next couple of minutes, because I'm going to press pause on what I'm going to say, is I would like you to write down what you might do on a community Sunday. So what would you like to do? If you could choose anything with some friends and people from church, what would you want to do? You might feel comfortable to want to host it or facilitate it. Well, great, just put, put your name next to it. And you might have a particular location, geographical location that you want to do that in. Um, write that down as well. You know, the, the purpose of this is not for us to gather in our, just in our friendship groups, although that's important. It's to create space for everyone in church to be in smaller community and to make friends. So take a couple of minutes. If you're at home and you want to put it in the chat on, on the YouTube channel, then do that. Just throw it out there um, and we'll take a couple of minutes to have a think about that um, and then they'll carry on and I'll carry on with my talk. Does that make sense? Go for it. doing that write your ideas down they'll be around at the end of the service as well um, so we really do want your ideas and, and my our hope and prayer is that this is something that everyone can get involved in and that feels really really comfortable and and enjoyable and, and we'll take stock in a few months time and see how we're finding it okay Right, for the rest of the talk, I want us to reflect on a two-word prayer that we need to learn to pray more consistently. And that is, more Lord, more Lord. You know, and I was thinking about that prayer, and, and I was thinking, is that a really presumptuous prayer? You know, and, and I, I don't think it is. I think it's a prayer of faith, a statement of expectation, now, if we're going to join in with what the Father is doing, we can presume that he wants to do more and that we should expect more. You know, more of his kingdom, more lives transformed, more of the rule and reign of heaven here on earth. So when we think of investing, stewarding what we see the Father doing, we must have a mindset of more Lord. You know, as we have sought the Father about how we are to invest in community, but also compassion, children, and creativity. We've just felt an awareness of the blessing we've had around house spaces, these buildings. You know, we are so blessed of what God has given us. You know, we've heard the whisper of the Lord just saying, make these buildings amazing. Make these spaces phenomenal so that these four areas can flourish and grow See, we see all the time God is drawing families to the church 
He is drawing people to connect with us. He is building community. He is helping us to be more compassionate to people, to create space for creatives, um, for help people who are lonely, to belong. God is drawing people. God is doing more and has planned more. And we need to make our spaces fit for purpose. You know, we can often think in terms of new. And I love new things. You know, I love nothing more than a new idea and a new project, you know, to get my teeth into. And God is always doing new things. But he also wants to help us to, to grow existing things. To help things that are already present become better. And so that's what we're going to kind of think about today. How, how can we make what we are currently doing even better, more available to people? So how are we going to make these spaces amazing? I worked out the other day, because I'm kind of sad like this, um, that our, we have 15,000 square foot of space across our two buildings that God has given us. Just incredible resource. You know, and we, I think we totted up that every week across our two buildings, we might have, oh, I think somewhere in the region of 600 different people come into our spaces every week. It's that remarkable, you know, from external groups, church, toddler groups, the lamp, all of those sorts of things. Just amazing what these spaces facilitate. And so how are we going to make them even better to facilitate even more ministry? Well, um, you may, you've seen this in the Allen, and if you're watching online you haven't been, this is our hall where a lot of our kids' ministry happens on a Sunday morning. And um, we have this great space, but what we want to do is make this space even better. So we're looking to modernise this half of the building. And we're going to do that by basically taking out the stage and building a two-storey kind of inset, I can't even think, it's not really an extension, but a refurb of the space. And what this will do is it will create 180 square metres that we can open up through bifolding doors and also split into two large rooms of about 100 metres squared and 80 metres squared. We're going to reinstate the windows at the back for natural light and, and basically we want to create a wonderful space for our young people on a Sunday, but also just an incredible space for the community in the week to do compassion ministries and all those kind of amazing ministries that just draw people in. Um, so we've been tinkering around with the architect who's put together these drawings of what we will be doing. And um, we're just really excited. You know, God has given us this space ridiculously cheaply two, two three years ago. Um, and we want to make the most of it for his glory and for the extension of his kingdom. So we're going to do it in two stages here at the Allen, and then I'll talk a little bit about Marley Hill and what we're going to do there as well. We're going to firstly kind of re regenerate all of the lower ground floor. So split the hall, take the stage out, put the bifolding doors in, make all of the ancillary rooms just brilliant to basically create this wonderful space in there that will be a kids' and youth centre on a Sunday morning 
and then lots of other things too. And then the phase two, we probably in a couple of years' time, we'll put the second floor on where we put the extra rooms in. So we'll split the project and make it um, achievable. Now Marley Hill, you know, we, we, really, we recognize we are two, uh, one church in two places and we want to really kind of create the same experience for both communities. And so what we're going to do at Marley Hill is take the snooker room, which hopefully will pop up soon. If you haven't been, if you haven't been to Marley Hill, really encourage you to go and have a look at it. What an incredible space God has given us for free which is ridiculous. So this is a room that really is used by a few people, but it's a space that we really need to utilize for, for everyone. And um, so we're going to renovate that into a really amazing multi-use room that kids can use on a Sunday morning and can be used throughout the week for community activities, all sorts of things, both external groups and ourselves, so that we can really see kind of everything that we we want to do, but sometimes don't have the space to do, become a reality. So you, you might ask, what kind of what's it going to cost? Um, well, it's going to cost £185,000, um, which is a lot of money. And as I said, it's going to be in two phases. Phase one will be all the ground floor rooms here and all of the kind of kids' spaces you know, renovating the snooker room and then painting and decorating and refreshing all of the other rooms that we use for kids and other ministries at the Marley Hill. And then a phase two will be the second floor up there. So we're, we are, we're splitting it into two sections and we're going to give you a little booklet to let you know how that's going to work. And you might say, well, how, how are we going to afford this? How are we going to fund this um, project? Well, you know, God's favour and blessing is just amazing. So we bought the Allen, this building, for £250,000, which is just nothing for the space that we have. And we, we estimate um, that the value has now increased to about £400,000 in three years. Just phenomenal. So what that allows us to do, and we've been chatting to our mortgage company, um, is release somewhere in the region of £110,000 of the equity that will be a large chunk of this work getting done. But obviously that's not everything, and um, we need to build in a little bit of a contingency as well. So on the 20th of March, we, we as a community need to participate in this project to make it happen. And so on the 20th of March, we're inviting the church to give £25,000 towards it, and that will then facilitate us to do phase one of all of the works across both locations. And then in a couple of years' time, we will then take a second offering of the same amount, and then we'll also release a, more equity from the building because the renovations we'll have done will once again have increased the value. And we feel that, that you know, uh, we will still have kind of a very low mortgage, probably still less than what we actually paid when we were renting a, a school to run it in. And, um, and an absolutely fit-for-purpose venues for our churches and our communities to gather in. And so that is the plan for our spaces. But we also recognise that if we have these spaces, we want the finances to be able to do stuff in it. And so on top of that, we are going to invite the church to give, on top of the regular tithe, an additional regular gift that hopefully together we can give £1,400 a month which will allow us to invest in multiplying ministries or growing the ministries that we already do. 
you know, it, it feels a funny old time to be talking to you about this because, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic. We're kind of like, well, you know, but we just really feel that we need to recapture and, and re-engage with the vision that God gave us. You know, the vision to make room for more, to reach our communities, to, to see the kingdom expanded. It would be so easy to kind of forget that after what we've lived through. But we feel we need to go after the things of the kingdom once again at this point in our story. So at the end of the service, we'll give you out some booklets with all that information in. But you'd write this, well, what, what, what difference is this going to make? What, you know, what difference is it going to make? Well, um, firstly, we want the Allen to have loads of potential for compassion ministries. You know, we, are, we want to serve our community, which is a very mixed community, but also has quite a lot of deprivation in it, uh, and also the communities surrounding Wall's End. And so we're going to host the pop-up pantry, which I'm going to tell you more about shortly. We'd also love to have a collection point for Grass Boots, which is a project Jeff has been launching. We'd also want to bolt on to Grass Boots, um, a children's storehouse, which will have kind of resources for families who are really struggling to make ends meet. And then with all of those events going on, to, to replicate what has been a huge success at Marley Hill with the lamp here at the Allen. And so having kind of a new fitted kitchen, which will be part of the renovations, a new disabled loo, which will be next to the kitchen, will just make this space really amazing for, for those activities. And that's not including things like Noah's Ark that already is running and thriving here in this building. And I'm sure there'll be other community activities that we can dream up. We're not short of ideas between us. Last week I mentioned the pop-up pantry, so I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to, to just tell you a really exciting story. Um, so you may have heard of the Biker Pantry, um, and the Biker Pantry uh, is this phenomenal project that we started just over five years ago, is that correct? And um, we reopened the Biker Pantry after about a three-week hiatus for renovations, um, at about the second week of January. And I just looked at some stats. Since reopening, we've had 74 shoppers a week come through the pantry. That represents probably over 200 people because a shopper, a member, actually represents a household. We've had 18 new members, which again represents 50 new people, probably around that number, that we are now supporting. And we've saved a combined £1,200 in four weeks for those members off their food and household bills. You know, it's been crazy. The pantry's been on Sky News, Look North, Tyne Tees, in the Chronicle, in the Guardian. Because people have looked on and gone, this is amazing. You're saving people money, but more than that, you're building community. You're giving people hope. You know, we, we, did the, we, we partnered with the council during the pandemic to do this same-day emergency food and the food bank. And they, in, in the pandemic, they gave us £36,000 to run that project. That's how our relationship with the council has grown. Well, anyway, about the pop-up pantry. Over the last nine months, we've been in conversations with the council. And it's gone something along the lines of this. We love what you're doing in Biker. How can we do it in more communities? So as a church, we've been able to lead a conversation with national charity, universities, city council, around dreaming up a project that will be a blessing to multiple communities across our city and beyond. 
And um, we came up with the idea of a pop-up pantry, which is, in a nutshell, a, the biker pantry in a van and a trailer that gets wheeled out into community spaces and pops up so that those com that community can get the same service and support that the biker guys get at Raby Cross. So bought into it as the council and a national charity called Feed in Britain, and now the universities, or certainly Northumbria University in this moment, they've actually given us £55,500 to launch this project on behalf of the city. Isn't that remarkable? You know, so when we say we see the Father, what the Father doing, what is he putting on our hearts? You know, what is he doing in our midst? We see compassion and we see what the Lord is doing. Such favour with our local authority. And our aim over the next two years is to have two vans and trailers and to have ten locations serving a thousand households. That's what we'd love to see and that's what we are shooting for. So a thousand households would represent maybe two to three thousand people that we were serving across our region. We're joining in with what we see the Father doing. You know, this church you know, is, is in the centre of something that is going to be a blessing to our whole region. I just love it, what God does. We give him a small thing and he makes it amazing. And when we think of the pop-up pantry here, you know, we want our community to come into a space that is just beautiful, that's wonderful, that's welcoming, that honours them. And so when we run the lamp, pop-up pantry, grass boots, we want this space to be amazing. But what about children? How is this going to bless our young people? In the church, but also beyond the church. Well, I think our vision for these spaces, both here and at Marley Hill, is for a life, kids and youth centre. That these rooms at the back here and at Marley Hill, that the young people would come in and they, they would know that this is their space. That, that it's made for them, that, that they get to enjoy it, that, that they've got input into how it feels, that it, it's modern and fresh uh, and makes them feel like they're excited to come to church on a Sunday morning or come to a group in the week or people from the community come in and bring their children to something like Noah's Ark. You know, we want it to be amazing. So we want to create two life, kids and youth centres at both of our locations. And we just believe that or just gives capacity for more young people to come and to never know a day where Jesus isn't at the very centre of their lives. That's our vision for our young people. So we're excited about that. Creativity. Well, in both of those places, we want to we create worship spaces So you know, with all of the kit so that our young people can worship together, but also for amazing things like the worship circles and creative evenings to be able to take place and feel great. And we want every age within the church to be able to grow in creativity and to explore their creativity. So we're going to have worship spaces in that. But also, on the second phase, we'll be building a, a recording studio on the top floor down here to, because we've written 20 songs across two albums. And we want, to, we want to facilitate more songwriting, more video making, more creativity in the church. But that will be phase two, and we'll talk more about that in the future. And then finally, community, and I've talked a lot about this. But this really is the glue that will hold us together. You know, if we do these renovations, if we create this space and make it even better, 
You know, just a new kitchen in here will allow us to do all manner of community activities, events, even for the church, but let alone the things that we'll be able to do for the community. Having an accessible toilet and an accessible ramp permanently fitted at the front of church will make our spaces much more accessible for those who find kind of entering buildings like this a little bit harder than some of us. You know, we want to make it super welcoming and super easy to be in community. We reckon the room at Marley Hill will allow us to have groups of about 50 plus people come together for community activities during the week and all manner of other ministries. And of course the works here will make a huge difference. I know it feels like a bit like a a kind of a business meeting, it, you know, build, we, we're much, in some ways it's much easier to cast vision for people coming to the Lord. And of course, we expect that these spaces will facilitate people meeting Jesus for the first time and finding community for the first time. I want to finish with one thing, because for a number of years, many of you have given money towards our making room for more kind of vision and if we're honest the pandemic has kind of made us go what's going on you know we've been meeting online we've we've not been able to meet in Newcastle we've kind of brought ourselves into our spaces so what about this vision of 10 communities in 10 years so 10 communities by 2027 well I just want to say we really do believe the Lord has put that on our hearts That wasn't just for then and then everything's changed. We're going to stand on that that call of the Lord, that promise that he gave us, and we're going to go after it. But we do believe that the Lord has, has maybe in this season, maybe got some new ideas about what community might look like, what communities might be. And we're super excited for this Community Sunday to see what's birthed in those spaces, what's birthed in those times where we kind of do things a little differently to what we're currently doing them on that one Sunday. So our vision, our passion for that hasn't changed. And over the coming months, we're going to explore what, what multiplication looks like at Life in Yard Church in the months and years ahead. So this is not a new vision. It's not a new direction. It's just another step along the way to fulfilling all that God has put on our hearts as a church. Let me finish with this. 2 Chronicles 5. Guys, do you want to come and join us? 2 Chronicles 5, verse 11. The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves. Regardless of their divisions, all the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Himan, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives, stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen, and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. Imagine that, 120 trumpets. The trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices to praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service. Because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled their temple, filled the temple of God, should I say. You know, the Father has wonderful things planned for this church. 
for each of our lives. I am in no doubt of that. No, we are in, invited to join in with what the Father is doing. But it's not just about the doing. It's not just about the buildings. It's not just about ministries. It starts and ends with the presence of God. It starts and ends with our relationship with Jesus. It starts and ends with intimacy and powerful and consistent times with the Lord. You know, I love this passage because we see the priests, we see the worship leaders ushering in the presence and power of God. You see, we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in all that we do. You know, these, these renovations are going to be amazing, but when it's filled with the presence of God, when our young people enter their spaces and they encounter the living God, that's when we see the kingdom truly expand. So as we reflect this morning on what it is the Father is inviting us to in this new season, as we think about how we invest and steward what he's doing, let's now turn our gaze upon the Father and let's join our musicians as they lead us into the presence of God and his transformational power. So I'm going to pray. And as I do that, um, the host team are just going to give you some more information about some of the stuff that I shared. Um, and then we're going to just commit the rest of the time to worship and to ministry. Holy Spirit, just come. I thank you that you've led us every step of the way. I thank you that you've shown us what to do and called us to obedience. And Lord, you know... In so many ways, this season feels like we are, we are once again trying to join in with what you're doing. It's been so hard to see what you've been doing in the last couple of years, but Lord, we're beginning to see what it is you have planned for us in this next season. And so Lord, would you bless us as we do this? Would you put favour upon the plans that you've put on our hearts? Would you draw more people into the church? Would you bring more families? Would you show us give us glimpses of what it is that you are going to do but Lord would you meet us would you change our hearts would you bring blessing and favour into our lives might we come into your presence and be changed Holy Spirit we need you we need you to empower us give us hope give us vision would you reconnect us? Would you help us to pour in the glue that our family might be strong and together in this new season? So come, Holy Spirit, have your way with us this morning. Shall we worship? Let's stand if you, if you can.